0: We've been looking into the aftermath of post-tropical storm Fiona that tore through Atlantic Canada over the weekend and just the sheer amount of damage. The total costs have not been determined, but estimated losses could range between $300 and $700 million of insurance claims. Now, the most expensive hurricane or wind event in Atlantic Canada in history was Juan back in 2003. It cost about $192 so already far above that. And of course, a lot of people don't have insurance. And are these the kinds of storms we're going to have to get used to in Atlantic Canada, these sort of unprecedented, heavy, almost sort of tropical windstorms that bring all that rain. Well, to answer that question is Gordon McBean. He's an Emeritus Professor in the Department of Geography and Environment at Western University and a member of the Institute for Catastrophic Loss Reduction. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you, Ben, for inviting me.
0: You've been watching these things for a long time. Uh, The ferocity of Fiona, I think uh, it was well forecast, but certainly even when it hit, it came as a surprise.
1: Yes, it was a very intense storm. And what we're seeing is a combination of factors of the changing climate, the warming, et cetera, that made it even more horrific than it might otherwise have been.
0: What are some of the, how does that work? Because I gather it just continued to, to gain strength or it didn't lose strength, I should say, as it moved north, which is not how it used to work. Um, this 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 one was different for many reasons.
1: Well, you the way in which a, a storm like that gets its real energy is from the the ocean that it's passing over is it, it on the temperature and other conditions it's evaporating water into the lower part of the storm and that gets carried up into it by the air motions within the storm and when it can gets let's say cold enough or it so it, it condenses and that gives off energy which just basically ramps up the energy of the wind and circulation motions within the storm the upward motion etc and it's the upward motion within the center of the storm that sucks in the wind the air from say the outside and creates the really strong winds that happen and what we're seeing with climate change is that first of all we should recognize and know that actually canada is warming at about twice as fast on average compared to the global number. So when we say it's warmed by 1.2 degrees Celsius in the last some decades, that means Canada's warmed at well over 2 degrees Celsius and the Canadian Arctic at three to four times warmer. And that doesn't quite exactly mean that the oceans o- over which it's passing has warmed as much. But generally speaking, the warming is, mo- is higher as we're moving north and So the warmer the water, the more energy that comes up out of the, the, in this case, the Atlantic Ocean, off the coast of the U.S. In most of this case uh, is, let's say, ramping up the amount of energy uh, that's in the storm and creating a a Fiona-type hurricane that causes really devastating effects. Uh, And the other aspect of this is that with climate change, we're warming the ocean, as I just said, but warming the ocean means you raise the sea level. And even if you're not raising it in meters, but by only, you know, tens of centimeters, uh, that can have a big impact when the storm comes to say, you know, Porto Basque or up the, the coast towards small uh, towns where that are often built right along the coast, both for pragmatic reasons and the nice thing of being able to watch the ocean, et cetera. Uh, and the effect is that the wind not only is blowing straight at you but it is amping up the waves that are surging in from the uh, the tropical storm or the hurricane that is impacting the coastal regions and so these factors make it uh, so we should expect according to the scientists who've looked into the real depth of this thing the in-depth scientific analysis and projections is that as we get Climate warming and it progress for decades to come is that we will see more intense hurricanes, even though we may not see more total hurricanes by number, just counting them when you know, the the number of hurricanes may not be larger, but the number of category four and five within that will go go up because it'll be the big intense ones that become even more often occurring.
0: Yeah, I, I was reading about um, about a typhoon in the Philippines over the weekend. Obviously, Hurricane Ian now moving in towards Florida. What's really shocking is the rapid intensifications—how fast they go from being relatively, mu- you know, mundane storms It's really big, powerful storms in a matter of twenty-four hours, thirty-six hours. That seems different.
1: Uh, I think it is a little bit, but not not a lot different. It's still the dynamics of it is such that these things are also uh, developing at a, a different rate in the sense that the because the, the tropical regions aren't warming as fast as the higher latitude regions the the oh the, the temperature gradient the difference between the mid the equatorial temperatures and the mid-canada temperatures uh, is actually being reduced and that creates another factor that comes into this that causes storms to develop perhaps more intensely, but not necessarily that much faster, I don't think.
0: If, we, if you put on your other hat with the Institute for Catastrophic Loss Reduction, I mean, I'm out in BC, mm-hmm. clearly last year we had the wildfires, we had Lytton. Um, you know, we've seen this, uh, Fiona, this year cause widespread destruction. I think we're getting a taste of just how much uh, these extreme weather events are going to cost as well.
1: Oh, yes. They're, the number of extreme events in Canada is going up. The insured losses have gone up to billion dollars and they're projected to go up to say by 2030 to maybe 10 or even 15 billion dollars per year Uh, I'd like to emphasize that although the insured losses are huge and and very important is there are also very many other aspects of the damage done the impacts on people uh, that happen from these catastrophic events the The mental trauma of the people, for example, in Lytton, B.C. with the wildfires and also happened in the Fort McMurray fires uh, in the Eastern Canada ice storm back in 1998. Mm -hmm. Uh, The professors from neurology that looked at uh, children who weren't even yet born, their mothers were, though, so overwhelmed by two, three months of the trauma of living through an ice age for which you had no electric power, you didn't know if your job was going to continue or again. and those children were showing mental and physical handicaps when they were three or four or five years of age. And there's a lot of mental health and health effects that affect people that are never counted in insurance dollars. Lost. In just
0: a dollar senses. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's when you look at Fiona and you thought I was talking to someone in Porto Basque today. You know, t- he's mm-hmm. uh, the MHA there, the member of mm-hmm. the assembly, talking to people there who'd lost their homes, yeah. and it's just settling in for them too. So I guess that is really one aspect of this we should never lose sight of is just the, the sheer, the tr- well, you know, just the, the trauma of losing everything you own in that, you know, just watching Mother Nature take it away so quickly.
1: Yes, and it happened so quickly, as you said. I mean, the trauma on this must be really is really horrific, as we've just said. And one of the things we need to do is to put more emphasis, in my opinion, on climate change, what we call adaptation or disaster risk reduction. And the you know, the analysis has shown, and this is what the Institute for Catastrophic Loss Reduction looks at, and I'm part of that. And we look at you know, the hazard is very important, but the risk depends on not only what hazard and how that was changing in time, but also the vulnerability of exposure. So, are is the piece of property you have a house on the edge of the boundary exposed? Well, yes. Is it vulnerable because it wasn't properly constructed or it was not constructed to meet the present requirements of having a, a storm of water? pushing against it, or, uh, you know, in Alberta, I've been involved in a project looking at hail and the hail damage on uh, buildings. Uh, we had a $1.2 billion hailstorm in Calgary now a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And these events are, are really, uh, um, well, due to the, the vulnerability and the exposure, in this case, of, of property along the coastline, and uh, people, and that's why we have to get a warning system through the media, people like you, to inform people that this is about to happen and also inform them in ways that they will take the right actions. That's unfortunately, in some cases, means get out of there as fast as you can, which means leaving behind that, you know, that treasured property of things of yours.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose the, the changing realities uh, mean changing topographies as well, as changing vulnerabilities. Uh, Gordon yeah. McBean, thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: You're very welcome, Ben, anytime.